mean, how can we not ask Jake to bring this up? Jake, bring it up. And let's dance. All right, Ken, what's the 99-star whale play lock of the millennium in college football this weekend? <laughs> Adam Chernoff will join us coming up in 20 oh, minutes man. talking championship Sunday. Great guests. I kind of miss it a little bit. College football I don't or that work. segment? Dude, like, like figuring out what I was going to bet on a Saturday. I didn't, I didn't miss it like a month ago. I was like really happy it was done. And this will happen with the NFL too. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sick of the NFL except watching the games. Oh, I'm man. pretty sick of yeah. the NFL. And uh, week to week, like next week, it's just like I, I'd rather talk about anything else probably. And, but you know, we'll get to April. Like win totals will come out. It'll be like, oh my god! <laughs> like I can't wait to talk about this stuff again. It's just kind of the way it goes. We're just in the we're on the way down here. See, it's it's my favorite thing. The NFL twenty four seven three sixty five. I just don't like not having a, like a, a personal life from September to February. Yeah. Other than that, though, I absolutely love all of it. Of it's it. the absolute best. Big um, all right. Uh, great guests start uh, start in 20 minutes when we are on stadium for two hours. Our bets for tonight coming up at the end of the show. Let's uh, and look, we can do more of this later in the show also. We'll make sure we get all the hashtag content in today. But, Ken, let's continue on with award market roulette. Did NBA Rookie of the Year in the last segment? Jake, bring the music up. Ken, what's next? Spin the wheel, please. Let's. Uh, this is one that will be more interesting from a betting standpoint, but like from a like rookie of the year is like a sexy market because it's like two huge, you know, like players that everybody cares about and they played last night. Uh, we'll still do, still do NBA and we'll talk about six man of the year. I think would be a good thing to talk about because no one knows anything in the market at all, like about how it's going to go. Um, so I think that one would be fun to do here. All right. So here's the, the market for NBA six man of the year at our show sponsor, Ben MGM, Tim Hardaway, Jr. The favorite plus plus one sixty. Malik Monk plus two fifty of the Sacramento Kings, Jordan Clarkson of the jazz who like missed that, that game winner the other day. And I remember watching it thinking, I wonder what the market would be like if he had made that shot to win the game and scored 30 plus points. Uh, Bogdanovich is at seven to one. Karis Levert, 13, Benedict Matherin at 15. And then onward from there at 30 and 40 to one. I can read those names, Ken, if you think are appropriate, but if not, what do you got for us here on six man of the year? They might become appropriate at some point. I just, I wouldn't even know what names for you to read right now from that point on. There might be somebody, just a reminder to people, uh, Emmanuel quickly was 200 to one in February last year and ended up almost winning. So this can be one that takes some kind of bizarre twists and turns uh, as we go. And that could happen again this year. And it, it really could because I think with this market, you're constantly struggling with when a guy becomes a favorite, it's because he's probably playing very well. And guys who play well off the bench are susceptible to a number of things that could make them ineligible to win. Like if you're really good and you're off the bench, maybe you start starting or maybe your team's star player gets hurt and you fill in in the starting lineup. Maybe your team makes a trade. Maybe they trade you. And uh, that's like it, it kind of makes it really tough. A lot of these pieces and a lot of these players fall into that category. And it's what makes the market so volatile. You know, Jordan Poole was a great candidate last year. And then he started starting games. And that was a wrap, like, a, like done. And uh, we've had a couple players. Austin Reeves would be a good example this year of like a really, really compelling candidate who went from, I think I bought at 180, 100 to 1 and 80 to 1, got all the way down to 2 to 1, and then started, which became very obvious they were going to change the starting lineup again, and he becomes zero to win the award at that point. And that's just kind of like, that's what happens. Um, the market, I think, has the favorite right. I don't actually think there's an argument about that. 
Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., by all conventional wisdom, makes the most sense to me to win the award, and he is the favorite in the market. He is the only player beside. I'll try to do this a little too. Rookie of the year, I don't have a lot of money in the market. Uh, rookie of the year, I bet Reeves and Hardaway really aggressively in the first month of the season. And I would I would say the more important, because people are like, oh, he's the favorite, thanks. I think the more important thing is I haven't bet anybody else. And like, even as some of these other prices are crashing and players are becoming more interesting, I still, I've just been trying to hold off if I was ever going to add someone else, if I really thought Hardaway wasn't going to win. And he's flawed. Uh, his coach gives him the opportunity sometimes of whether he wants to start or not. That's a pretty bad sign when the, the whole point of the award is not starting. And uh, this is a team that's had a billion injuries so far this year. And just, yeah, you're not quite sure how this is going to shake out when everybody's healthy. I don't think he cracks the starting lineup when that happens, but it's worth noting he started eight games already this year. Like I just, you know, you get to 15, 20, it's, it's, it's bye-bye in the market. Like you just can't win anymore. So the two things that tend to dictate who wins one, everybody gets right. And it's easy uh, scoring off the bench, not scoring overall scoring when you come off the bench. And this was a key identifier of why Malcolm Brogdon beat Emmanuel quickly last year, because Brogdon only came off the bench, basically, and scored not very much, like 15, 16 points a game, I think. And Quickly's great stat line games were in games that he started, and everybody used it against him, which was really unfair, to be honest. But that's what they did, and, and it ended up voting Brogdon instead. So just like, when a guy starts and has 30, like, that's great but actually doesn't help a whole lot in terms of winning the award, just to be perfectly honest. Points per game off the bench is really predictive of who wins. Uh, among, like, the guys who can actually win, Hardaway second in that category. Jordan Clarkson's first, but he hasn't played a lot of games. So that's one reason why Hardaway's a good candidate. The other reason, and I feel like this is one people get wrong all the time, and, and maybe it can go a different way at some point, but it never does. Uh, this is one of the awards in all sports that is the most closely tied to team success. And if your team is really good, then you can win this award. Obviously, Brogdon won on Boston last year. They were the best team in the league. Um, you go historically, uh, there's one candidate, basically, that's ever won. Nobody's ever won going 500. Nobody's ever won going less than 500. Like, that eliminates a lot of candidates, by the way, when you use that screening process. Only one candidate has won with, like, a, what I would call a lukewarm record. Like, Lou Williams won his second six-man-of-the-year award, and the Clippers won... I think he was on the Clippers at that point, won like 42, 43 games. Okay, like, first of all, A, they were over 500. B, he'd already won the award. Like, that's a big-time candidate that you're kind of willing to bend the rules a little bit on, maybe to, to give it to him. I think he averaged 23 points a game the season that he won. I mean, those are huge numbers, and he had already won the award. Like, if you're trying to make a case for Clarkson or, God, even Matherin, if Halliburton keeps staying out, they keep losing games, or you're trying, especially Bogdanovich, who I think is a zero and a non-starter here, like, you you need the teams to win, and it, if they're not even close, then the candidate's not even close, and that always bears out at the end of the season. There's a lot of noise on Bogdanovich, there's a lot of noise on Clarkson, and yeah, if those teams, like, got it together, especially Utah, who's probably closer to it, then they'd be interesting candidates. If these are 500 or worse teams... Like, no, and it's it's just never happened, and it's never happened, and they're short price. It's one thing if it's never happened, and the guy's five hundred to one. Yeah, take the shot. It's never happened before, but like he's five hundred to one. This is it's never happened, and they're four to one, or they're five to one. They really about that low price on something that never happens. It just seems crazy. Um, so we can kind of talk about like who you know order and who to bet. But I think the big thing here is a lot of the guys that look appealing actually aren't, and maybe that clears the way for somebody else. I think it more likely means Hardaway wins, but uh, but I think there's you know there's a couple ways this can go. 
Uh, Nick and Ken, you better you bet on a Thursday. Can I give you a name? Yeah. 125 to 1 at BetMGM. 11 for 11 last night. Four straight games of 20 points or more. Jonathan Kaminga of your Golden State Warriors. If, uh, Golden, if yeah. Golden State can keep it rolling a little bit. It's, it's rare to have a player like emerge this late in the sixth man role and win, but like not impossible. And, uh, you know, I think what you're, what you're trying to figure out here is, okay, if everything stands pat, I think Hardaway wins. It's possible Malik Monk would win. It's just the two teams have identical team success almost. And Hardaway is just crushing him in points per game off the bench. Like, it's not close. So maybe Malik Monk gets it because everybody likes Malik Monk. But that's the only reason to give it to him. It has nothing to do with production. It has nothing to do with team success. That's like the 7-8 and eight seed in the Western Conference right now. And uh, and this year is really everybody weird. everybody cause... likes him. Is Malik Monk like a, like a huge like baby face? Like everyone loves him? Or... Uh, yeah, like people like, like like NBA people love that he has this role for okay. Sacramento. Where he comes in and like flame throws sometimes and scores like 20-25 points a game. Like sometimes. And uh, that's like, like the old Ned Flanders routine, yeah. right? From the Simpsons. You're big. Everybody yeah. loves Ned Flanders. <laughs> Malik Monk. Hens love roosters. Geese love ganders. <laughs> Everyone else but Malik Monk. Um, well, I don't. <laughs> well, I don't. Everyone who counts. Vote Malik. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's possible. I just don't really see that either. So my best way this plays out or most likely way this plays out is. As long as Hardaway's coming off the bench and they're winning enough, which is about as much as they're winning now or slightly more, and they'll get guys back from injury, then I think he's by far the most likely winner because he's, like, the only guy on a good team scoring a lot. Like, if Clarkson just keeps losing, he ain't winning. And if Bogdanovich keeps... I mean, Bogdanovich is almost dead at this point, I feel like, to win this award. I mean, they're going to they're gonna trade guys. They're terrible. He's not winning. Uh, and he still occupies a pretty good position in the market. Matherin doesn't score very much. That's his issue. He's like 14 points a game off the bench. When he starts, he's okay. That's not the exercise. Karis Levert's a pretty good candidate because Cleveland's pretty good, except he hurt his wrist, and sometimes he's terrible now, and they're kind of weird. So, like, he can win, but okay, he's like 15 points a game like Malik Monk. Tim Hardaway is outpacing those guys, and I think when push comes to shove, that'll matter at the end. Um, and we, we don't have any voting on this yet, so I, I don't know how close I am, but... Look, the combination of team success and scoring off the bench is going to guide you here. That's why Hardaway's the favorite. That's why he makes the most sense, at least right now. Is there anyone else that you consider like a little down on the board to be even a little interesting? Look, I saw the Kaminga thing, and I was like, you do that you do that thing where you're like, eh, I'm going to come back to this. And you're like, maybe. And the only other thing I would say is, I don't, I've, I've thought about this 50 times. And I don't think it's going to happen because think about the big team. Usually it's a team that wins a ton of games, not like a lot, like the most. None of those teams have a candidate that makes any sense. Boston doesn't. Milwaukee doesn't. Philly doesn't. Uh, OKC doesn't. Minnesota has Nas Reed, but he's like 11 points a game. That doesn't make any sense. Denver doesn't. Those are your six of your top seven. The other one is the Clippers. They have two sixth man candidates, which is why they have zero. They have Norman Powell. We're going to run this back. Oh, God. Well, we don't run it back. I didn't bet it the first time. We have Norman Powell who doesn't score a lot, or who scores more, sorry. And they have Westbrook. And I don't think he's going to, I just want to be clear, like, I don't think he's going to win. But you play this out sometimes where you go, I mean, if winning's really important, then who would who do the winning teams have? These terrible candidates. It's the only reason why Nas Reed might win. Like, I, I don't know how else he would win, except they're really good. I don't know how Westbrook wins, except they're really good. 
is it like what if Hardaway starts? This is I play this out every night. Literally, I'm watching games. And I just go, what if Tim Hardaway starting tonight? The hell am I going to do? And I don't know what the answer is. I I think I'm going to put a couple a couple bucks on Jonathan Kaminga. Try to get ahead of this a little bit. Probably lighting money on fire, but whatever. I've, I've been on dumber things. Hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. To start hour number two, Adam Chernoff breaking down Championship Sunday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.